Anyone who's gone online can probably relate to this problem. How to keep track of the huge number of passwords you use. Here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey with advice from an expert. Roy? Thank you, Chris. We're joined by Jeff Bliskell, Senior Editor of Consumer Reports Magazine, which recently focused on this challenge. So do we have any statistics on how many passwords the average Internet user has to keep track of these days? Well, no, I don't have any numbers on that, but if you just stop and think, and it's not just the Internet. When you go to your ATM machine, you're punching in codes. Some cell phones, you need to get your voicemail. There's a code there. Go to work, you've got, you know, you name it. There must be dozens of them at least for everybody. You know, Jeff, there are some experts who say use different passwords for everything. Is that good advice? Well, it is good advice, but it contributes to the nightmare, which is basically that you have to come up with multiple passwords and often these passwords were required to be changed for security purposes every 60 days or 90 days. So then you have to come up with new ones. One way to do that is to have a kind of a hierarchy that we would recommend so that you have for newspaper online subscriptions where it's not a very big deal or a secure thing, you may have a low-level, simpler password, whereas you would have more complicated ones for your banking online banking account or credit card accounts and such as that. How can you remember all these? I think the conventional wisdom is don't write them down on a piece of paper. Is that practical? Well, that seems to be a myth, actually, as we found when we did this. Microsoft recommends that you do write them down hmm. because a written-down password, hackers can't get it through the Internet because it's written down on a piece of paper, so it's not electronic. So one thing you shouldn't do is put all your passwords, don't write them down on your computer on an Excel file or something like that because if the computer's stolen or if a hacker gets into the computer, he can find your passwords, and then all your passwords are just compromised. So what you should do is basically write them down on a piece of paper, and then, of course, you've got to make sure that piece of paper is in, hidden in a good place. Some sites have very specific and complicated requirements for passwords. That really makes it tough, doesn't it? It does, and that's intended to make stronger passwords so that it's not just a simple word like your name or something or your street address. You want to put in numbers, uppercase and lowercase letters, numerals, and symbols like the number sign or the ampersand or dollar sign and something. One solution to that is there's a program for Windows called RoboForm. It adds a toolbar and then it basically lets you fill in the passwords and online forms automatically without having to type them in. This is kind of encrypted on the computer so that a hacker can't get into them. And you can store your credit card numbers or your passcodes to your online banking accounts on this thing. How big of a danger is it? How frequently does it happen? that hackers somehow figure out someone's password just by randomly firing things at a website. It seems well, like that would be like getting hit by a comet or winning a lottery. Well, you know, one way that they have it is if people use the same password, this is why you shouldn't use the same password, if they find the password on your computer, then there are computer programs where they can take that password and just run it through all of the online banking systems and all of the investment houses that have online accounts and just apply it and see where it works. And hackers, you know, they can get into your computer. And one final question in this area. Most sites require you to use both a username and a password. Should you also vary that username? Yeah, well, that is another one. That's another code that you have to kind of figure out. This is why this gets kind of mind-boggling after a while. And again, you can have a hierarchy so that it's for things that are, you know, if you go to, the, for example, the New York Times online, you may just want to have a simple one there. And then you want to have a stronger one for your online banking and financial things. Jeff, any final words of advice? 
Yeah, a couple other things, safety precautions. Sometimes when you go to an Internet site, Windows will pop up a window and say, do you want the computer to remember that log-on information? Mm -hmm. You should always say no to that because then it's stored on your computer, and it's easier if someone steals your computer to get into that site just by clicking on it. Another thing you might consider is a biometric security device for your computer, such as a fingerprint scanner. You have to use your fingerprint to get the computer running. And we've tested a number of models, APC, Kangaroo, ScanDisk, and Sony scanners, and they cost about $50 to $150, and they did a good job identifying the fingerprints as they were supposed to, and they couldn't be fooled when we tried to copy the authorized print and, you know, kind of use that. Good advice. Jeff Bliskold, the senior editor of Consumer Reports magazine. Is there somewhere online where folks can get additional information? Check out our website at consumerreports.org. Thanks for joining us on InfoTrack, Jeff. All right, thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. That'll do it for this edition of InfoTrack. To learn more about this or previous InfoTrack shows and guests, visit us online at talkzone.com. Thanks to InfoTrack reporters Roy Mackey and Taryn McCall. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitting. Internet services by Pear.com. InfoTrack is produced by Syndication Networks Corporation. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another edition of InfoTrack.